It is Friday, September 2nd. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. Before we start, I just want to remind everyone, if you're watching on YouTube, to like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And of course, rate and review the College Football Daily wherever you get your podcasts. We have made it to the end of the week. We had a really good slate of games last night. The Backyard Brawl returned for the first time since 2011. Penn State took on Purdue in an early season Big Ten matchup. We even have a handful of games tonight. Michigan State takes on Western Michigan. Illinois and Indiana play in a Big Ten matchup, among others around the country as well. But everyone has their sights set on Saturday. A bunch of great week one games to look forward to. And joining me to shine a spotlight on what I think are the four best is college football analyst and co-host of the block blake brockermeyer blake i know we got a little appetizer in week zero and we've made it to friday of week one how excited are you to just sit back and watch a full day of college football tomorrow yeah i'm pumped up i mean you know week zero is okay but we got some games this week that are going to play a role in the and possibly implications in the national t- uh, championship type games in or the playoffs. So big games for a lot of teams. Uh, and some of these guys cannot slip up or they are going to have to win out for the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it, you know, week zero was good. It was fun watching Nebraska Northwestern. It was even fun watching Vandy Hawaii, but these games we're going to get in week one are games that really could, could impact the college football playoff starting so early in the season. And, you know, I mentioned, we're going to talk about four games here in week one. And the first one, I want to talk about. It's Dan Lanning's return to the state of Georgia, his first game as head coach of Oregon as the Ducks take on Kirby Smart and the reigning national champions. The storylines really don't, they don't get much better than this at 3.30 Eastern. Look, Oregon also has a new QB in Bo Nix, and while he hasn't been named the starter, all signs are pointing to him being the guy, so he kind of returns uh, to face an SEC team in his first start, most likely, with Oregon. What's got you intrigued about this matchup in Atlanta between the Ducks and the Dogs? Well, a lot, Really, I mean, the, the most intriguing storyline to me is I, I think Georgia offensively is pretty stacked. I think they've got a really good offensive line. They have the best tight end unit in the country. They've got a very capable group of wide receivers. And they got Stetson Bennett back, who was was better than people want to acknowledge last year. So offensively, they are going, going to be a lot better, I think, Kirby Smart will let the offense open up a little bit more just because I don't think their defense is going to be quite as good. Obviously, they lost so much talent to the NFL draft last year. They still have Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Kelly Ringo. So they've got some guys. But I think, you know, the, the big thing that I that I want to look at is is their secondary. I think the back end of their defense, linebackers and secondary, I think they're going to have to cover people more this year. I don't think Georgia's going to be able to dial up as much pressure up front as they did last year unless they just decide to all out bullets a lot more which i doubt, doubt they do so i think they're going to score more points this year than they had last year and uh you know that to me is, is what i'm looking at as far as georgia goes oregon on the other hand is it's bo nicks time again i mean it seems like bo nicks has been around forever he's he's gonna he's gonna be put in a pretty interesting situation because you know they have a veteran offensive line with a lot of experience and so catching georgia right out of the gates I think it's going to be a benefit to them. 
The weather won't be a factor at all. You know, I question their wide receivers. I don't know kind of what they're going to really have at wide receiver, but uh, I'm sure they'll have a couple of guys step up. And then I think their defensive line is going to be better than people think. And then I love their linebacker group. They are stacked at linebacker. Noah Sewell, to me, uh, has a chance to be the Nicobe Dean type player uh, for Dan Lanning this year. He is an absolute stud. In my opinion, he's the best inside backer in the country. And, uh, and and then, you know, they've got Justin Flo coming off an injury who's, who's big. they got another huge linebacker. So they are big on, on the second level. And, uh, you know, I don't know about their secondary. I'll be curious to see uh, what they look like. They lost a few guys last year. But uh, some really interesting matchups on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, just imagine what it would be like if Dan Lanning returns to Georgia and beats the defending champs in week one. You know, talk about shaking up the college football playoff picture earlier in the season. That would certainly do it. And I know the spread list Georgia as a heavy favorite, but man, what an impact that would make across college football. So let's move on now to our second game. In fact, our colleague Josh Pate will be in attendance as part of Lake Kicks every given Saturday tour. And then Cincinnati traveling to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. A lot of change over the offseason for the Bearcats with some stars from their college football playoff team off to the NFL. Of course, the one constant, Luke Fickle, is still there as head coach. And on the other side, Sam Pittman has Arkansas entering 2022 with experience and expectations that are really high for the Razorbacks, you know, led by quarterback KJ Jefferson. So what, or even ask who, do you have your eyes on when the two meet at 3.30 Eastern in Razorback Stadium? Well, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Cincinnati is a, is a real wild card to me because they lost nine guys to the NFL draft last year. I mean, that is an amazing stat to me. Uh, they've got a transfer quarterback in Ben Bryant who's going to have to step it up a lot this year. Losing Ritter to the draft. He's, he was playing, you know, started four years there. Is going to be definitely probably a little bit of a, of a loss of production there. And then, but they're all Offensive line is going to be the strength of their team, I think. I like their top tight end, Josh Wild. I think he's a an underrated tight end for Cincinnati. They have a, a, a very tall, long Hawaii transfer, Nick Martyr, who I think could be an impact, maybe taking kind of the Alex Pierce role. But, you know, lots of questions on um, both sides of the ball for them. Uh, their defensive line will, will take a hit. I think their linebacker group could be maybe the strength of their defense. And then who knows on their secondary. So, you know, just I, I can't wait to watch them because I know they're going to be well coach, uh, like you said, with Luke Fickle, but just so many question marks, it's really hard to predict with them. And then Arkansas, on the other hand, is a, is a talented team on paper. I think, uh, like you mentioned, with KJ Jefferson coming back, who, who exceeded my expectations last year. But I think for them, they're going to kind of take the Alabama blueprint uh, from the Cotton Bowl last year, run the football, downhill run, and then they're going to take some shots with Hazelwood, Matt Landers, Keytron Jackson. They've got some talent. More talent at receiver than than they had last year. They got a really physical uh, offensive line that's going to do some damage. And and with Cincinnati's secondary gone last year, I mean they really caused pause on on offensively for you because I mean teams were scared to throw the football against them last year, and it's not going to be the case this year uh, with both of their corners gone. So I think they'll take some shots with them. Uh, Arkansas's defensive line, to me, uh, has some questions, but their linebacker group is going to be incredible with Bumper Pool. Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer, is, is switching positions, going to play there. So, uh, And then I think Jalen Catalan uh, is, 
is the best, you know, middle of the field safety in the country and Barry Adams robber defense. So I expect Arkansas to handle Cincinnati Cincinnati pretty easily, but it'll be fun to watch and see what Cincinnati can bring to the table. You gotta remember last year Rice could have beat Arkansas week one, if you can believe that. So you never know. First game out of the shoot, uh, anything can happen. Arkansas, of course, won that game, but but Rice had a lot of opportunities to win that game. Yeah, you never know with week one. Anything can happen, right? Teams are still trying to, to shake off some rust from the last few months of obviously not playing. And look, only you know spring practice and, and fall camp can only imitate a real game action so much. Uh, you got to play someone else from an opposing team, and Arkansas and Cincinnati will get the opportunity uh, to to do that this Saturday. We have two more games to go, and we will talk more about them with Blake Brockermeyer when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. So, Blake, two games left to discuss, and we head to Gainesville for our third matchup. Kyle Whittingham and Utah travel to the Swamp to take on Florida in what is Billy Napier's first game as head coach for the Gators. I'm curious what you think of this one, but for me, I can't wait to see Anthony Richardson and the development he's made this offseason. He's gotten some dark horse Heisman buzz. He has a chance to make a big statement against the Utah team that's coming off a Pac-12 title, a team with playoff aspirations themselves, and a team with a star quarterback of their own in Cameron, in Cameron Rising, excuse me. When all said and done, frankly, I think this game could end up being the best one we see here in week one. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think on paper, Utah is a much more talented team than Florida. I think uh, Florida's got some deficits on their roster. Uh, Anthony Richardson has gotten a lot of hype this offseason. I'll need to see it before I believe it. He's a talented athlete. He's got a cannon arm. It'll be interesting to see how he does. That's that's obviously a key component to the game. He has to be consistent. I think that is key to me for Florida. The other key for Florida is their home field advantage. They have to bring the juice. Just like they did at the Alabama game last year, the crowd has to be a factor in in order for Florida to win that game. And they can be. Florida cannot turn the ball over. They have to play. They don't play a perfect game, but they can't give Utah any any gimmies, in my opinion. And then I think Florida is going to need at least five or more explosive plays in this game. You know, they still got athletes that uh, they're at home field advantage will be in the, in the heat and humidity at the swamp. So uh, I want to see that. They have a really good offensive lineman in Osiris Torrance, who I think is going to be a very high NFL draft pick. I expect them to, to, to take advantage of him. 
They have some some size advantages at wide receiver and tight end. They're slow at wide receiver, but I think if you kind of look at Billy Napier's offense at, at Louisiana and kind of the evolution of it, he likes to shift in motion and, and, and do some different things. They're not taking deep shots and throwing the ball every play. It's a ball-controlled offense uh, that, that's going to want to run the football. So that's kind of what I see offensively with Florida. I think defensively with Florida, you've got uh, Gravon Dexter, who's back. You've got Brent Cox, who's back. Lots of questions as far as depth on their defense. Their secondary, I, I want to see uh, before I, I judge. Defensively will be a, a, an interesting battle for them because Utah is loaded on offense. They've got a very talented running back in, in Tavon Thomas. Uh, they're going to go play action pass with two really good tight ends and Brent Keith and Dalton Kincaid, who they'll be in 12 personnel a lot, running behind a veteran offensive line, who I believe returns four starters. And then, yeah, Cam Rising's back, too. Uh, so that's that, that's a loaded offense for them. And then their defense, I think, is very solid, too. Their defensive line is really good. Uh, they've got some transfers at linebacker. They lost their best player to the NFL draft last year in the first round. But ironically, one of Florida's linebackers now started for them. They got Clark Phillips, who has first-round potential on the back end of their defense. So Utah is going to be a problem. Can they stop the running game? Can they stop the tight ends at Florida? Uh, that's what I'll be watching. Uh, but if Florida's crowd can bring it and Anthony Richardson can be the guy that he's hyped up to be, then, then hopefully it's a great game. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we know when it comes to Utah having to go on the road, we know they're going to be ready. Kyle Whittingham always has his teams ready. They've, they've played in hostile environments. Remember, last time we saw the Utes, they played in what was one of the most entertaining Rose Bowl games in, in a long time against Ohio State. Lost, but man, what a game it was. And speaking of Ohio State, we've now hit our final game. Two college football playoff contenders hit the field in Columbus, a top five matchup as Notre Dame heads to the horseshoe to take on Ohio State. With the Buckeyes, a new and hopefully improved defense under Jim Knowles, who comes over from Oklahoma State to lead that unit. Ryan Day still has C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and so many other weapons, excuse me, that frankly can carry this team themselves. And for Notre Dame, an offseason of change, obviously, as Brian Kelly heads to LSU. Marcus Freeman takes over as head coach. Tons of talent for the Irish on both sides of the ball, and a QB making his first start his first college start in Tyler Buckner. The books have the spread at 17 and a half points, Blake, 17 and a half in a top five matchup. And Marcus Freeman said in his game week pressure that he was going to let the team know that they are big, big underdogs. So I ask you, what do you make of Notre Dame and Ohio State on Saturday night? And what do you make of the spread for a top five matchup being just that wide? Well, it shows you that Notre Dame's overrated is what it tells me, which I've been saying all offseason. They're a very good team. They're not a top five team in my opinion maybe they'll prove me wrong but ohio state is definitely a top two team in the country they are absolutely loaded like you said with stroud henderson jackson smith and jigba harris johnson's going to be a first round pick after the season as well they're loaded on offense uh, defense with jim Knowles coming over is going to be better than it was last year last year watching their defense was painful uh, a lot of it in my opinion was coaching and i think they're going to be much better on defense i i 
still think the way to get to Ohio State is on their back end. I don't think Notre Dame's got the guys to do it, though. And so Michael Mayer is the second best tight end in the country behind Brock Bowers. They are going to have to run the rock. They have a better offensive line than Ohio State across the board, in my opinion. Uh, They're on the road, which is going to make it difficult. But I think if they can control the clock and just – I think Michael Meyer is going to almost have to play in the slot this year more than uh, on on the line of scrimmage as a hand down Y. So they're going to need some wide receivers to step up. Maybe they have them. I'm not sure. On paper, they don't, but they might have some. They're going to have somebody step up. And so that's going to be the key to me is control the clock, keep Ohio State's offense off the field as much as possible. It's the first game the defense has played in a live situation. So that will be the key. Notre Dame's got some talent on defense as well with Isaiah Foskey and Brandon Joseph, the Northwestern transfer on the back end. So Marcus Freeman's a defensive coach. Uh, this is a uh, Notre Dame plays big boy football. Uh, they're a top five team. So I expect Notre Dame to do better than people expect them to do. On paper, it doesn't look great for them. But I think that they somehow cover that spread. And, and I think Ohio State is a extremely talented team. So be fun to watch. I hope Notre Dame can keep it tight. Uh, if they were to upset Ohio State, then that would be, to me, insane. Insane. Yeah, it'd be epic. So I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I think Ohio State and Alabama are the two best teams in the country, and uh, it'll be fun to watch that. I'm excited to watch that game. Yeah, it should be a, a great game. And look, it's week one. You never know what could happen in week one, but what a day it'll be tomorrow. I'll frankly have my eyes, of course, as, as everyone knows, on Chestnut Hill as my Scarlet Knights of Rutgers take on Boston College. Blake, I know you're on my mater, Texas, takes on Louisiana Monroe and Quinn Ewers first start. NC State East Carolina is a game to watch. UTSA Houston, too. So many intriguing matchups in week one, and it'll only get better as the season moves forward. Blake, as always, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on and enjoy tomorrow. You know, I know we've both been really looking forward to finally being able to watch a full slate because we didn't get it really last week, but now a full slate of college football for the entire day from noon all the way up till midnight. I'm really excited for it. I can't wait. I'm so excited for college football to start. I've been waiting for this since the national championship game. So here we go. A lot of football in our future, and uh, it's going to be a great week one. For to like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube page, give the College Football Daily a five-star rating and a review. For Blake Brockermeyer, I am Lance Flynn. Week one is here. Kick your feet up on the couch tomorrow and enjoy a full day of college football. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily.